You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 704 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland coming to you on a Sunday evening back in my home studio. And obviously the uh, story of the day in the NBA was not necessarily about the Hawks or the Wizards. We will talk about the game in a little bit on the podcast, but obviously the passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna, along with several others in a helicopter crash this afternoon out in uh, in California. Uh, I, had, I had a pretty surreal moment myself. I was actually traveling throughout the day today and uh, found, out, found out about the news Um pretty quickly compared to most people, I would say, because I'm just always plugged in and I saw it on Twitter, but I was at a public place and just kind of seeing people find out about the news and watching that and hearing that and um, just kind of seeing for confirmation, looking for confirmation that we all, we all kind of hoped was not going to come after the first uh, original reporting. Everybody had that same moment, like that can't be true. I know I had it and uh, just kind of brutal, uh, you know, just kind of what it is there. Um, I saw the one say that I was the biggest Kobe fan, but obviously an unbelievable player and an icon uh, in the sport. Clearly inspired a, l- a large portion of uh, current NBA players and past NBA players even. Uh, see guys who have come and gone in the last few years with his play. He was beloved by so many, so it's uh, you know it kind of goes without saying, but it's also worth saying in this moment. Also, seemingly in recent years, you know, became a fantastic father. He was lots of stuff that I that you would read and see today talking about how good he was what was with his kids, and that's definitely you know a huge thing for uh, anyone, but especially for someone in public figure. Not not everyone is this kind of father, so great to see that. But uh, you know, and the news of John's passing was even more brutal, frankly. Um, that's kind of hit. That's kind of stuff that just hits you even even more. Obviously, the, the COVID news was just shocking on a number of levels, but just kind of hearing later on after the news had already broken that his daughter was was killed as well it was just kind of you know earth shattering in that way um one of those things honestly i'm not really sure what i'm supposed to say not sure what i even should or can say and just kind of put that in the words i think everybody had that same reaction throughout the day today i think the league just as a transition to a little bit of basketball stuff here i think the league should have considered postponing games on sunday I do understand why they didn't, probably. It's just the, the, sort of the logistics there. The, the news on Kobe didn't even break until the afternoon. There were games already scheduled for about an hour later. The Hawks played a little bit earlier in, this day, in the day. So I know there was some reporting that the Hawks, that the uh, league didn't, didn't even consider postponing. I would have at least thought about it for sure. But, uh, and, you know, some of the scenes that we saw around the league was guys crying on the court, et cetera. Um, you know, kind of brutal to ask players to go out there and perform on that kind of level. Um, as for what happened in the Hawks game a little bit um, at the beginning of the game, the Hawks took an eight-second violation. They were not the only, only teams to do this, but um, the Hawks took an eight-second violation and the Wizards took a 24-second violation, obviously representing the numbers that Kobe wore, 8-24 and 24, during his career. Pretty touching moment there that a lot of teams did around the NBA on this day. Also, Trey Young came out wearing the number 8 jersey for Kobe. Um, he could not wear 24 because Bruno Fernando wears that jersey now, but 8 was available for the Hawks, so he came out and wore that during the uh, violations early on, sort of a tribute there. Obviously, Trey, um, you know, probably was impacted as much as anybody. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But obviously, he uh, you know had a relationship with Kobe and clearly would would be would have been hit very hard about that, as well as the fact that John is um, apparently his favorite player. Um, sorry, her her favorite player was Trey Young. So had to be a tough day for Trey as well as everybody else around the team. 
I think it was very clear, just sort of wrapping things up a little bit on this, um, that the impact Kobe had was just fantastic. If you just read that um, and listen to that and watch that, just kind of the reaction from so many in and around the game, people that I respect, and just kind of the way that the, sort of the internet kind of came together and TV reactions, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone, it was very clear what kind of impact Kobe had um, in life, and I think we'll continue to have in death now. Um, we'll go to a quick break real quickly here. I'm going to come back with a shorter version, admittedly, of, uh, of a game breakdown, as we always do on the podcast. I would not blame anybody for sort of ejecting, but uh, we'll talk about the game for a few minutes after the short break, so uh, hold on tight. We'll be right back. And we're back. As I said, as I said before break, it's going to be a little bit shorter on this particular podcast. I was traveling and I had a couple of mishaps trying to get back to the game. I was actually hoping to get back to the arena for the contest, but some, you know, Typical travel nonsense, and always unfortunate when that happens, but alas. Also, it doesn't feel like the night for too much critical analysis. The Hawks did win this game, which makes it a little bit easier to be positive about the team, but we'll leave off most of that stuff and kind of just fly through the highlights and the, sort of the positive takeaways from this from this day because it, it, didn't, it didn't feel really appropriate to kind of just dive in the same way that I normally would to line up stuff and all that stuff. It's just not worth it on this particular, on this particular night, and we'll be back to normal in a couple of days on the podcast. Um, as far as the game itself, the Hawks, um, you know, the first quarter was actually kind of a draw. Uh, they were down by two, went kind of back and forth. There was a couple of, um, you know, nice moments offensively in the first quarter, but struggled to get stops early on. The second quarter was much more, much, much kinder for the Hawks. They built a 10-point lead pretty late. It was cut down to two, and then Trey Young closed the half on a very high note with a buzzer beater from well beyond half court after he actually stole a pass and then dribbled up and fired um, Trey, you know, even Kevin Herter said this on the uh, on the halftime broadcast. But uh, he practices he practices these shots. Trey is very good at these kind of you know trick shots, long shots. Uh, so it wasn't a huge surprise that he made it, but it was obviously a very very cool moment. Trey pointed to the sky, seemingly acknowledging Kobe in that in that moment. And obviously, as I said before, the break uh, well covered elsewhere. But Trey and Kobe had a good relationship, um, and obviously, I'm sure he was hit hard by the news. So all that came together, and Trey was masterful in this game, really the entire night. But um, that was a very very cool moment, and uh, he knocked it down. And by the way, I, I tweeted this out, but if you watch the video, Kevin Herter had his hands up in the air like when the ball was it wasn't even near the rim yet. I think everybody kind of felt like it was going to go in, which is kind of crazy. But uh, watch that one back if you missed it. Um, the second quarter. For the Hawks was a highlight of the season so far, honestly. The Hawks scored 47 points in the period. That was the highest scoring second quarter since 1990 for the Hawks and the most scoring in any quarter, yes, any quarter for the Hawks since 1997. So 22 years in between, I guess 23 years almost, in between those things. So 47-point quarter is pretty, pretty ridiculous. A 78-point first half as a result of the explosive second quarter. Um, that was the highest scoring first half for the Hawks since 1990. So a lot of uh, scoring records being broken. I do have to say, it's the one time I'll say it on the podcast, the Wizards are absolutely terrible defensively. They're the worst team in the league defensively, so that has to be seen through a little bit of that prism, but still the Hawks played very well offensively in this game, and uh, especially in the second quarter. Um, before halftime, Trey Young had 21-10. and That uh, kind of speaks for itself. And uh, Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter all had double figures before halftime as well. In the second quarter alone, the Hawks shot 16 of 23 from the floor, which is 70%. 5-6 from three. They got to the line 14 times. Trey had 15 points by himself. And, uh, yeah, just a just kind of an exhibition style, just ridiculous offensive performance <clears throat> from the Hawks in that period of the game. Um, after halftime, it wasn't quite as dominant offensively, but still pretty darn good. In fact, the two middle quarters, the second and third quarters, the Hawks scored 88 points because they had 41 in the third. And uh, that, of course, is also quite good. A 22-5 run to open the third quarter from the Hawks to honestly end the game at that point in time. The Wizards did come back a couple times to get make, make it a little bit interesting, but that run opened the third quarter basically closed the door on a comeback. The Hawks had 100 points 
in less than 29 minutes. So, you know, w- within the first five minutes of the third quarter, they had 100 points, and that does not really ever happen for most teams, especially not for the Hawks. Um, Hawks went up by 25 points after a three by Trey. Um, from there, the Wizards did get it down to 14 at one point in the third after a 13 to two run, but a nice three for Vince Carter, by the way, who was, it was his birthday today. It had to be brutal for Vince turning 43. And I'm sure, you know, I know he's known Kobe for a long time. That had to be sort of, you know, a lot of just a brutal day for everybody. But again, another, especially one for Vince. But from there, Hawks pushed in the lead up to 21 again. Uh, Troy Brown did hit a deep three to get it down to 17 at the end of the third quarter, but it was pretty much never in doubt um, for the rest of the way. I, will, I do want to point out that Bruno Fernando had a double-double in this game, the first of his career, and he had career highs in points and rebounds before the end of the third quarter. He did leave the game later with an injury, which is unfortunate because Bruno was uh, quite good in this game, um, but we'll follow and see what happens on that injury front. I did not see an official update at the time of this recording from the Hawks, so We'll see uh, what kind of happened there with Bruno, but I thought he played well, and hopefully the injury is not serious on that front. Uh, in the fourth quarter, a lot of fouls throughout the game. That was the one thing that sort of negative that I wanted to bring up is that just, the game just took forever. Um, it was one of those like you know two and a half plus hour marathon contests after what was had to be a long day for everybody involved. Um, you know fouls fouls, fouls abound up and down the roster for the Hawks. The Wizards kind of hung around for a while, but then Collins had John Collins had two massive dunks in a two possession spam, one on a follow of a Kevin Herter miss, then a second one in transition to kind of put some space back in to the game. Collins did foul out with six minutes to go, and they're up 17 when that happened. But um, after that, um, Hunter hit a three after a sort of a broken play. That was a nice swing moment but for the Hawks to go back up by 20. And then um, the game was basically over um, shortly after that, despite the fact that you know Bruno went to the locker room. They had to go with Vince Carter. But other than that, nothing uh, terribly you know highlight-worthy down the stretch other than Trey Young just being fantastic throughout the game. Um, big picture here. A season high in points for the Hawks. In fact, more than a season high. The Hawks scored 152 in this game. That was the most in a, regu- in a regulation game for the Hawks since 1970. You'll remember that the four-overtime marathon last year against the Bulls actually was the, is the franchise record for scoring. But this game was uh, fourth in franchise history for scoring for the Hawks, so that kind of speaks for itself as to how ridiculous offensively they were. And the starting five in this game had 118 points. Five guys in the starting five, and honestly, I know Trey Young and Kevin Herter played a lot of minutes. The other three guys, none of those guys even played 30 minutes. So it wasn't like they, it wasn't like they, they played a ridiculous amount of time together in this game. Just a lot of explosive, explosive scoring, and uh, kind of speaks for itself there. Um, you know, to the individual stuff, briefly here, I'll only touch on the guys who I thought played very well. Cam Reddish had a nice game with 13 points off the bench. He did have five fouls, and that kind of limited his playing time, but shot the ball decently. Four of eight from the floor, four of four from the free throw line. Had two assists and two rebounds as well, and a plus 13 off the bench. I thought Brandon Goodwin was, Brandon Goodwin was, was, was pretty solid with nine points off the bench. Um, you know, elsewhere, Kevin Herter, 18 points. Nice little bounce back for him after a couple of uh, shaky ones recently. Had 18 and also had four three, six rebounds for Kevin and two steals. Dunder Hunter played well after a couple of shaky nights for him as well. He had 25 points in the spot, kind of quietly to some respects. Actually got to the line for eight attempts. was two or four from three. He needed that game in a big way. I've been talking about DeAndre kind of struggling recently, so good to see him bounce back in a big way against the Wizards defense. Uh, as I said before, Bruno Fernando had a nice game here, 14 and 12 career highs in both. First first double-double for him, and hopefully the injury is not serious. But that was a – by the way, those numbers came in 19 minutes for Bruno. He was very productive when he played, just got to got in some foul trouble, and that limited his upside a little bit. John Collins, another solid night, 16 points, 8 rebounds. Only 22 minutes for John, and I think 
it's it's been kind of weird to see him not play as many minutes as you might imagine. And this game didn't matter, and obviously he had the fouls and the fact that the Hawks were up by so many points. But I want I want to see what Collins' sort of baseline minutes are for the rest of the season. That's kind of something that I want to see looking ahead. And then finally, Trey Young, who was just unbelievable in this game, 45 points, 14 assists, six rebounds. 13-24 from the floor, 6-11 from three, 13-16 from the free throw line. He was ex- extremely efficient. He was extremely productive. The 14 assists, you know, you know, 45 kind of speaks for itself, but 14 assists too. He was just fantastic. I don't want to, you know, say too, too much here, but Trey was just unbelievable. And, you know, given the relationship with Kobe and his daughter, et cetera, it was a fitting night that he was fantastic and, uh, you know, had to be powerful for him to uh, so, sort of play that way after, you know, now someone who I think he would call a friend who he idolized as a kid. Had to be a, a trying day for everybody involved, but Trey was fantastic, and we'll leave it there for now. As I said before, a little bit shorter on the podcast today. I think you guys probably understand why, but the next game for the Hawks will be Tuesday against the Raptors on the road before they come back home. We'll see what happens uh, in those in those two spots. I do have a couple of extra shows planned for you the next couple of weeks, maybe a draft show, maybe some other analysis coming, so uh, stay tuned for all of that. Please subscribe to the podcast, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll have a little bit more of an upbeat tone next time around. But there you go. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody, and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening.